we got to stop being precious about mm. our ideas. Yeah. Because guess what? We all have the same ideas. There's yeah. nothing new out there. No, there's, there's just right. there's just different ways of telling it. Yeah. So stop being precious about it because it's only going to help you be better. Whatever it takes is a podcast about just that. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to get stuff done. Whether you're a filmmaker, painter, entrepreneur, music, whether you're a tech person, artist, this podcast is about people getting stuff done and doing whatever it takes to do just that. This podcast is co-hosted by filmmakers Lindy Bustead and Dan Thornton. Whatever Whatever it it takes takes to get the art done. done. When you choose your scripts, you talked about your audience or the themes like do you ever worry like ah maybe we're barking up a tree that's not profitable fruitful or even artistically creative for us we've learned that it's a long road to make uh, a feature we've done three now and we've learned that we it has to tap into something uh from our core it has to be something that we want to live with for four years and that we won't tire of um, talking about. It has to be something that resonates with, with just our being. And we've learned that because um, if it doesn't, it will not sustain us. Emotionally sustain you? Emotional, what kind of sustain Yeah, what, what, emotionally. Uh, and, and feeling like that we are actually saying something that is important. Yeah. And I, I don't want to make a movie that doesn't say anything. I, I, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about walking with Keith. It's like, I, I'm a little bit like, what do I want it to say? I don't, I don't know what I want it to say. The obvious story here is like, guy has a physical challenge, becomes quote unquote disabled. He overcomes this challenge, becomes successful. I, I, I don't know if that's a unique enough story. I, I think there's a different story here. I think there are several different stories in, in post-production and writing the film. And in subsequent thinking about reshoots or anything that might need to happen, I need to go a little bit deeper to really challenge myself, see what that story is. Whether that story, I'm not going to say if it's important, but whether it holds people's attention. I think I've got some clues about where that goes, and that's all about Keith and what he struggles with. But he's got to have to document something that's a, that for himself and, and, and show up to some conversations that, frankly, are difficult, which he has done before, but I know they're difficult. And as a documentary filmmaker, how much am I going to push? And you've identified some of those stories. It's Mm -hmm. about identity. Mm -hmm. Why are people attracted to his work? And how does he want to be seen in terms of his work? And I'm not in his position. But I have to maybe ask him difficult questions. And, you know, look, he's been pissed. Uh, Pissed is not the right word. He's been worried and he's been anxious about some of the lines of inquiry that I've followed. And so I have to do a balancing act in terms of respect. Also, I like the guy. We're friends. Mm-hmm. I don't want to offend him. And it, well, and maybe that's one of the dangers of the access. <sighs> it's how important do I want this film to be? And mm-hmm. at what expense mm-hmm. does it, do I challenge my friendship with someone who I care about deeply, who I really enjoy, who's provided utility in my life just by a guy I can talk to about art and learn stuff about, which makes me a better artist as a photographer and also as a filmmaker. Do I, how much... How, much, how willing am I to jeopardize that friendship or that level of trust? Because he trusts me that I'm going to tell the story that he's comfortable with me telling. I'm grimacing because it's like, I don't know if that story is good enough to go on film. 
Well, and, you know, I think we can look at a friend's, a mutual friend's film. You know, James is, my name is Smith. Uh, James Allen Smith has made one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And, and so many people haven't seen it. And why do you feel it's one of the best documentaries? Because he had access to a story that was his own personal story and his family story, which frankly is different than a lot of other people's family of origin stories. Um, and it's challenging. And he, he, he pointed the camera at some stuff that was difficult. His own family. At the risk of alienating potentially his, his family. His family. Yeah. And also at the risk of making his family look. Are people yeah. watching because this is weird or are people watching because it's, it says something? Or that it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I think James's film tells a story about a lot of other families' story. It's the same story. We all have to deal with like aging parents and what happens and, 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 and parental identities and the origin stories of marriages and stuff. I mean, you know, those are great stories and they're, they're eminently tellable over and over and over and mm -hmm. over again. Do um, you maybe have a story about an artist who's getting older and trying to figure out how to continue being yeah. relevant? I, I think it's a story about an artist that is, 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 is a, I think any, yeah, <clears throat> it's an artist's journey story. Is Keith's story that much different from any other pain, painter's? No, in actuality, it's not. But having access to a painter to tell their story is a unique thing. It's a valuable story for other painters who are going to be interested because part of this is about how Keith sells his work. Here's where it goes a little bit deeper, which is the question that you ask. Are people buying his work or paying attention to him because he's blind? And the, what his perspective of, 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 of his journey through that whole process is unique because it's own and, and, and we don't have to go do the same challenges or gone through the same challenges in, in our artistic journey or human journey. We can say, oh my God, though that, that's that guy's story. That's not my story. But in, you know, in actuality, it's actually all of our stories about how do we define ourselves in relationship to everyone else in our lives and how do we want to be seen? How do we want to be esteemed? How do we want to attract people to us and how we want to make a living? Well, and I think too, you know, I know that something that drives us as artists is we want to, we know that we grew up not seeing representations of ourselves. And that is an important thing for us to always try to do is like always try to give voice to those that don't, don't always have a voice on screen. And is, is there that part of the story too? You know, that, that there is, there is a inspirational, um, just being able to see someone that maybe someone resonates with that is like them. So tell me your backlog of films, um, your features, and you've done shorts as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you've done a lot. I mean, you guys are prolific. You just said, I, the things that you didn't see represented in culture, in mm -hmm. art, popular mm -hmm. culture, television, films, whatever. Mm -hmm. What were some of those things and how do your films address that? Well, some of those things definitely uh, uh, were size, because um, Chris and I both have uh, battled with weight our entire lives and being the chubby kids growing up. Hmm. Um, and I remember very vividly uh, seeing Circle of Friends the very first time, this little mm -hmm. rom-com with Minnie Driver and Chris O'Donnell. Mm -hmm. And it was the first movie that I saw where she didn't have to get skinny to get the guy. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a powerful message yeah. um, where she stayed the same mm -hmm. and it was him that came around. Yep. It was everyone else that came around. Yep. 
Um, and that's, you know, and, 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 and realizing how powerful that was. And so for, for us, our very first feature was about body image. Perfect 10. Perfect 10. And, uh, um, and then, and then it kind of became, um, that, you know, women are not represented or the feminine is not represented Mm -hmm. in stories and in, uh, what we see on screen. And so some of them have been focused on, uh, what does it mean to be a man, um, in that context? Um, and what does it mean to be a woman? And so our second feature with this is ours. We, we challenged, um, you know, a mother that just didn't necessarily want to be a mother Mm -hmm. and, um, that, and a man who, um, is angry and hurt and doesn't know how to express anything but anger. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and so we just, both powerful performances. Yeah. And, um, and well-written, really, really well-written. The, uh, that film in particular is a throwback to a film that used to be made more. It's a film like Save the Tiger, mm-hmm. um, sort of dystopic looks at middle-class American life, deconstructing middle-class um, aspirations and potentially. I, I love those films. Well, and, and that was uh, at a time when the, it crashed. Like yeah. it all came to, the economy all came tumbling down and, and everybody had been telling us like, well, in order to be happy, you need to get a home and you need to have 2.5 kids and you need to have two cars. And we're like, well, what if that isn't what everybody should be doing? And, and then all of happened. a sudden, kaboom. Yeah. Like, and so we wanted to tell um, a little bit of our perspective on the world mm-hmm. uh, through this lens of, mm-hmm. of, a, of a couple um, in uh, disintegrating because of it. Yeah. Um, packing up a house. Yeah. The metaphor. But, but too, like, so for us and, 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 and so our marriage leaks into things oh, as well. Okay. And so for us, um, you know, it was, we see more often than not relationships don't disintegrate because of one thing. Right. Like it's, it's a culmination. And so we wanted to tell a story about, n- there wasn't this event that happened that ended the marriage. It was just years yeah. of not talking. Mm. A, a woman being unhappy and, uh, and deciding that motherhood and, and marriage maybe wasn't what she ever wanted, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, and I feel like those uh, voices aren't heard. And so we, we'd like to kind of showcase those things. And, and then we have the, the opposite of that, of the, you know, the iconoclastic vagabonds mm-hmm. uh, who come in and, and stir things up. And, you know, everybody always thinks the grass is greener on the other side, but it's just because someone else is mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, those are the ideas. And, and so yeah. then with our current feature, Brides to Be, uh, we took the feminine one step further and we, we had made a short um, practical things that featured, uh, it was a memory of, of two high school girls and their first kiss. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was characters that we had wanted to write about for a long time. And um, we finally just had the opportunity to make this little short and we mm-hmm. did. And, and the response was overwhelming. Yeah. And we just found this audience and mm-hmm. this community uh, just starving for, you know, representation, con- for representation mm-hmm. and, co- and content, just positive content. Yeah. And so we just were like, well, let's, why not make more? It's, 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 it's important to us and, uh, it fits in what we're always trying to do and, and say as artists. And, you know, i just realized something about you guys too, is that you work like filmmakers, you do film, but you work also in ways that like other artists work. You guys work iteratively. You know, you develop stories from small stories to bigger stories, and then you, you play with that idea because there's like you have themes that run through your films, mm-hmm. but you also have like you do a short like this is ours like that journey um, uh, uh, is an iterative journey. Um, it, it's like you're doing a series or a triptych. It's mm-hmm. like they they don't work against each other; they work and support each other. Mm-hmm. That's not how 
sometimes the way that film appears, that it just magically appears. If you're not working on the films and stuff like that, it's like, boom, it just, it just fell out of the sky fully formed. You guys are actually work differently in the sense that you, you show like the scaffolding of your process and the themes that you do by doing shorts, mm-hmm. by experimenting with stuff. You also both teach. So I think that's part of what sets you apart as well, because you're, you're more open and transparent about process and things, but you're actually just in the art that you do. The themes come through because the stories are iterative. Because shorts we're not putting thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into it. Um, and so we can experiment. And if it fails, then it fails. Mm-hmm. Then we know rather before we put all this time and money and energy into a full fledged feature. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's a, it, yeah, it's a testing ground. Like, mm-hmm. and I think I don't, I don't understand art like filmmakers who don't, especially narrative filmmakers who don't do that. Um, Cause who don't just, workshop their stuff. And exactly. Kind of, like how, how else can you really know if it's working or not unless you play and live with it and test it. And we got to stop being precious about mm. our ideas. Yeah. Cause guess what? We all have the same ideas. There's yeah. nothing new out there. No, there's, there's just, right. there's just different ways of telling it. Yeah. So stop being precious about it because it's only going to help you be better. Give me an example of, of a filmmaker being precious. No, not a real world example, but what are some of the things that you see that maybe potentially mistakes that filmmakers do? What, what does too precious look like? What's some of the behaviors associated with that? It means um, being really afraid to show anyone your script unless they sign an NDA. <laughs> If anybody gives me a script for the NDA, <laughs> I'm just like, sorry. Yeah. Uh, unless you, I don't know, unless you're, I, I don't know who you are. I mean, fuck, dude, you don't need an NDA. I don't, I don't know. Right. I mean, yes, there are ways to be um, protective of mm-hmm. your work, but we cannot, especially as a community, fear, fear our community stealing things from okay. us. So the lack of transparency? Yeah. And why do you think people are not transparent about their stuff? I'm wondering what in me makes me afraid sometimes to to col- not collaborate, but to open up to ideas. I think that's part of it. Maybe the idea is not that good. I think we also, too, fear that we have to take all the feedback. And and I, I there is there's this power that no matter what is your story. Mm-hmm. So if someone gives you feedback, you have the power of fuck you. Like mm-hmm. you have the power of being like, no, this is I want to say it this way. So. I'm going to say it this way. Uh, but what I'm hearing you say is like, don't throw away the opportunity for good feedback. Exactly. Just because just you might because, get some bad feedback. Exactly. Okay. And two, just because you don't take it doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to it. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you one of my frustrations too, and I'll say this to the documentary film community. Look, I, I love all the stuff that we did in the Northwest Documentary Association and works in progress screenings. I love the fact that CDOC does this, but I don't go to the, many of those anymore. They have to be heavily curated. Um, but one of the reasons I don't put the law stock is that a lot of really good feedback would be given to filmmakers and they wouldn't act on it. So mm-hmm. I've seen great films ruined by a director who was too stubborn that theirs was the only way to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Even though they invited into the process of works and process screening, great filmmakers, great film thinkers who gave great advice. If you can't get out of the way of your yep. own ego... yep. Don't ask for the feedback. Your ego can't be the only thing that's keeping you making a film. Like it, that has to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I got tired of like hearing good advice, giving good advice, yeah. getting, having great discussions. And then the next iteration of the film is basically the same thing what you just saw. Well, here's the other thing. 
that I'll throw it on the other side. We need to be better and need to get better at giving back feed, feed, good feedback. Okay. What we, does that look like? We are, we are a community of yes men and like pat you on the back and say you did a great job because, and I, I do this too, because I'm afraid, I'm afraid of giving you my honest opinion because I'm going to be ousted. Yeah. I'm going to be exiled. Yeah. In group, out group dynamics. Yep. Yeah. And it's sad because I, I care. I, I, I care. I want, I don't want, I don't care about being the best in, in the community. I want the, all boats rise with the tide. I honestly want to be challenged. I work best as an artist when I am surrounded by people who are better than me. Yeah. Because it makes me rise to the occasion. Yeah, I feel the same way. And so I don't, I don't want to be on this high horse of being like, oh, I know, but we need to be more honest. We need to, we need to say that wasn't good. Yeah. And we need to be constructive about it. It should not come from a place of emotion. It should not come from a place of vindictiveness. It should come from a place of, let me tell you what I think is a problem and let me give you a potential solution. Yeah. This may not be the right one, right? but let's stop just giving, you know, and, and I think a lot of times any kind of honest feedback comes, comes out as just pure criticism. Right. And that's not constructive either. I, I, I like the, the process of giving feedback, but you're right. It's fraud. It, it's potentially you look like the turd in the punch bowl yep. um, when you do that. But the thing is, I get excited about stories. And if I see an opportunity like that, that, that a filmmaker's missing in a story, I'm like, no, wait, that's your story. It's over there. And I have this ongoing thing when I do go to these things. I always try to surround myself with someone who's probably more likely to raise their hand and to, to say something and to step into it. Because I got to protect myself that I'm not the only person there doing that. Because, yeah, I've said some things. And I have a sometimes a rhetorical style, excuse me, <clears throat> that can that's very East Coast. That people can feel bullied by what I'm saying, but it's usually excitement. So I I, I limit myself too. It's also time. Mm -hmm. You know, here's another thing too: is if you're a filmmaker and you're doing a works in progress screen, you're asking people, recognize these people are they're giving intellectual input, they're giving things that are value, and they're giving time. If you're not going to engage with that, and granted, not all feedback is good. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're not going to engage with good stuff, don't ask them, don't, don't ask us to, to waste our time. We need to, and we need to stop looking at other people's successes as our failures. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or also the converse of looking at other people's failures, like Schadenfreude, mm -hmm. you know, looking at other people's failures. It's, it's, it's developmentally, you, you can see that we're not a, I don't mean this as an insult, but we're not like, Seattle's not a grown up film town in the sense that like it's still in its adolescent years or even pre-adolescent years in the sense that we've developed processes around supporting each other. We're great at so much that we do. Mm -hmm. Crewtopia, I totally believe in that. Mm -hmm. We have the hardest working crews, I think, um, I've ever passionate, seen. Passionate, passionate people. Passionate, who, who, who just right. But, but I, I do think you're right, that we've identified some aspects of process feedback that we could be a little bit more sophisticated mm -hmm. about and a little bit more secure in our identities. That like, oh, if someone says that like, that part of that film doesn't work, that you don't get crushed by it or defensive. We got feedback um, from one of our uh, rough cut screenings on our second feature to cut 12 minutes out of the end of our film. We did it. It was painful as fuck. <laughs> was it a better film? 100% a better film. But it, oh, when we first got the feedback, we're like, what, what, no, 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 yeah. no. You yeah. don't know what you're talking about. That's integral, integral to the story. Oh God, yeah. And then it was, and then we sat with it. Mm -hmm. And it took a, it took a lot. It was painful to sit with. Mm -hmm. And then when we watched, when we watched it again, we both, it was a moment. It was so it's, it just shows how Chris and I are like of same brain, but we both looked at it at the exact same time and we we're like, fuck. They're right. They're right. 
And there's almost a sense of giddiness and yeah. there's resignation. I just think, thank God. Thank, thank someone pointed, this someone out. pointed it out. Thank you right. for saving us right. from having that. I just in there. walked in the room and my fly is down and no one told me. Yeah. Uh, it would have been nice if someone had told me that because I was just a big I jackass. For I it. am so thankful for filmmakers who look out for us, who, who I know come from a place that they care. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, you don't want to step on anyone's identity. You don't want to, you know, uh, offend anybody, but you're, you're not doing anybody favor if you're trying to protect themselves from their own mistakes. And if it comes from a place of love, that's, that's the thing. It's like if your, criticism, your, your, your criticism has to come from a place of, <clears throat> of care. Mm-hmm. And if it comes from a place of care and, it, and that care is about telling better stories, it can't be wrong, even if they don't take it. But at least it comes from a, from a good place. You know, if you're not secure in your identity in all sorts of ways, don't be doing this. And do not shy away from a difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. Do not shy away from If you can't have a difficult conversation about the work that you're doing, you're not going to grow as an artist and you're not going to problem solve. Mm-hmm. And I've run into that. Over and over again. If you're not willing to have a difficult conversation about something, you shouldn't be doing this. Whatever It Takes is produced by Pete Ryan, Lindy Boosted, and yours truly, Dan Thornton. Recording and engineering by Gary Mula at the Bonnie Love Recording Studio in scenic Columbia City, Washington. Stay in touch. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know other things that you'd want us to talk about. We look forward to hearing from you. 